Hello, my name is Ben. And I'm Judy. And we are the hosts of the Too Vague Podcast this week. How are you doing, Judy? I'm doing great. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. You're welcome. Yeah. You're just coming off on another uh, on another podcast, too. Yeah. So, we have a word this week, and I'm going to start the show with a little bit of dad humor. Let's, oh, it's coming out. It's, okay. It's, it's coming. All right. It's let's coming. hear it. Yeah. Let's hear or as, it. Or as my family likes to call it, a joke. Let's hear it. Okay. So, my guest is going to help me pick out some uh, a floor covering. <laughs> because they're qualified to do this. I'm going to select three of them. I'm going to letter them A, B, and C. And then she is going to pick... I don't know. Rugby! Rugby! Rug- uh, rugby. <laughs> anyway, that's our word this week is rugby. Yes! When did you start playing rugby? I started playing rugby my junior year of college. Okay, junior year of college. The reason why you got started in in rugby was was it something you played before or no. was it No. Growing up, I always played sports and soccer was always my passion. I okay. started started playing that since I was little. Right. 5 years old all the way up through high school and I got recruited to play soccer for college. Okay. For which college? Um Rockford, Illinois. Oh, mm-hmm. I know where Rockford, Illinois yes, is. Yes, you do. Yeah, that's that's uh, home of Cheap Trick, the yeah. band Cheap Trick. Are you familiar with them? Probably not. No. no. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> okay. And uh, a couple other colleges too, like right. Vanderbilt. None of those colleges interested you? or My, my family didn't really support me heading out because my dad, he was a pro soccer player back in Argentina. And oh, okay. And he knew what it took and to to become a professional soccer player and he just thought playing at these colleges would be just a waste of time really oh okay. <laughs> yeah kind of kind of sad <laughs> no but at the same time like i agreed because at that point i was getting burnt out of playing competitive soccer and okay i but it was always still my passion okay so i knew that when i stayed in state i ended up getting an academic scholarship for u of a and and what did you uh, study or For what? my undergrad, I studied education leadership. Okay. Like when I stayed in state, that made me not play a sport for my school. And I kind of, although I still played for like the co-ed leagues or adult leagues or indoor league or whatever, I... You missed competitive I sport? Missed, I missed playing for, for school. And um, it wasn't until my sister were, sister planted the idea of rugby for me. Okay. And that's kind of how I started. Did your sister play? rugby no she she played semi-pro football in california all right the women's league she played the physical sport and so i knew that like if she could do it i could do it because <laughs> i i always looked up to her and um summer 2016 was also the first time rugby sevens was in the olympics okay which is different than rugby union yes okay it's different from rugby union 15s okay that was really like the first time I saw rugby okay. ever, and so I really didn't know what it was. Okay, so where does your sister come into this whole equation here? Play rugby. I think you should play that. And I was like, what? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Okay. I looked it up. I have no idea what I was getting myself into. I right. have no idea. And Rugby people are crazy. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. They're crazy. Okay. All right. They're crazy. <laughs> They're just crazy people. Like, so... 
Never date a rugby person is what you're saying. <laughs> Never said that. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So you started playing rugby in uh-huh. college or junior year. Uh-huh. So what was that like the first year? First year, I mean, my first practice, I, okay, I, I joined the team. I really just wanted to make new friends and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. But it wasn't until that first week and the, the players, they were so inviting. They're like, are you going to come back next week? And I was like, sure, I'll keep coming. <laughs> I wasn't too convinced. I mean. It was still just sort of, you're you're just doing that to make friends yeah, more than anything social. else. Uh, not necessarily for the sport. I mean, after my first year, I tried announcing my early retirement. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and How does that work? <laughs> Did you try announcing your early retirement earlier than a year? Did you just like, I think I'm going to retire after this game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, well, it was less than a year, exactly. I mean, okay. we, it, right. was it was within the same season. Right. <laughs> I just didn't like putting myself through pain right. on purpose. So how violent is a sport like rugby compared to something like soccer? Because I know there's some slide tackling involved in soccer. I mean, every weekend I'm coming home with bruises. And <laughs> I don't even know where they come from. Right. And soccer, you're not putting body-on-body contact as right, rough as tackling. Like football, American football, yes. Right. You've got pads. But you have padding for right. protection. Right. But it is pretty interesting to know that rugby tackling is safer than football american football tackling why because it's all waist down right that's all you've got it's you you can't you can't tackle above the shoulders or something you can't tackle above shoulders but also when you're learning how to tackle a person in football guys they think because they have helmets on their head they can go all in head first how many concussions come out of football games yeah that's a, actually you're, you're not allowed to hit the body with the um with the helmet i think that's called spearing Oh my gosh! Yeah, you you can you lend down the shoulder. You can do the shoulders, but if you hit them in the you know hit them anywhere with the helmet, that's right, 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 right. But I mean, like, but I know what you're talking about. Going into a tackle, like thinking you're okay, yeah, you can because you have protection. I mean, that's not technique. Even helmet on helmet contact is pretty dangerous. No, that's just the the noise of it is terrible. Yeah, but I mean, the noise of men tackling each other in rugby is just as bad. (laughs) That's true, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Of, it's probably any, really any sport, like hockey. Honestly, you got some, body on body. Yeah. That or, contact is rough. Or like the puck. The puck just hitting the side of the... Oof. Have you? Do you watch hockey at all? I'm going to be honest. Never watched a hockey game. No. <laughs> it's it's probably as confusing as rugby is to me. It would be confusing to you. It would be a lot of rules. You're going like, what the... Why did, why did they stop the... The biggest thing that surprises me is that fights are allowed. In, in hockey? In hockey. Yeah. I yeah. think people go to watch hockey oh, yeah. for the fights. That's... Well, my friend Michaela is... <laughs> <laughs> the two things... She says she loves hockey for two reasons alone. The fights... And the goalie doing the splits. I mean, I, that would be my two things too. Oh, see, there you go. <laughs> two peas in a pod. Back to your your first year. Didn't you mention that the University of Arizona team like made it pretty far? Yeah, our first year was the program's first time heading to the D1 Collegiate. And that's two thousand. 
that was 2017 and and that year was my truest rookie year where we finished i think 10th in the nation which was pretty great for the program so during our playoff weekend i announced it to the group like hey guys thank you thank you for a good time but i I don't think i'm coming back and everybody's face just was so surprised their jaws dropped they couldn't believe that i wasn't coming back and right and yeah i'm the type of player that disappointed because i mean when i do something i'm going to commit to it so i I knew that i didn't like rugby from probably the first game (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh god uh, this is gonna be a long season Bruises everywhere. Um, do people do this because for fun? What? Okay. Your first season is over, rough. and then the second season. Well, they convinced me to come back for my senior year. Okay. <laughs> my second season, it was going to be a building year because my first year, it was half of them were seniors. There was like ten seniors out of thirty girls, and a lot of experience and and leadership was going to be gone. So right. I wasn't looking forward to that because I felt unconfident. Okay. Becoming one of the veterans for the next team. Right. And right. I didn't even know the game myself. Like I felt like I was still learning. When do you think that um, in your and you played um, at various other like semi-pro kind of levels beyond college, yeah. right? Yeah. When do you think it finally dawned on you? Like when you finally got a grasp of all the rules and how everything fits together, or are you still learning that? My third season. Your third season is when it all just kind of fell into place. Well. My third season, I finally learned all 15 positions. Okay. <laughs> I finally knew what the 15 positions were. Right, which is far better than myself because uh, I'm going to have to read them off when we go over the positions. In three and years. And explain to me what the heck each one does. In three years, you'll, you'll know. Oh, three years. <laughs> you'll know the 15 in three okay. years. Okay, all right, well. All right. You got time. Do I have to play? Do I have to get bruises? You said you wake up with bruises regardless. Occasionally, <laughs> when I fling myself <laughs> off the bed. I've done that occasionally. So not only do you have the thing where you go to bed perfectly fine and you wake up with some sort of athletic type injury when you get old, you also do things like fling yourself off the bed for no apparent reason. Interesting. It doesn't make any sense, but not welcome, welcome to, to old age. Dang but it. anyway, <laughs> you'll be just like playing rugby. You, you know, you'll be you'll be all. Uh, that's all right. normal. Yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> the second year occurs. You're done with the second year. So what are your thoughts after the second year? You said the third year my, is when th- things went into place. Yeah, my second so. year, I'm graduating college and and I'm done. I'm like, yep, th- I'm done with this. I don't have to worry about this anymore. I'm going to... Right. I'm just done. going to move on. I try to quit again. Second time around, my coach was like, mm, you're, gonna, you're not... Don't hang up your boots. Like, it's, you think you're done, but you're not. Okay. And... Your coach for the U of A. Yeah. How long has he been the coach? He's been the coach for a long time. I knew that when I was playing, it was like at least for 10 years. 10 years. Were you inspired by your coach? Because it sounds like when after your second year, you still didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, My final year, it was a a different coach from my first year. Okay. And it was mm, not the best experience with okay. coach coach to player relationship so gotcha. that also didn't help with me like trying to convince me to keep playing right i didn't have a good right. time honestly right but it was the same girls that convinced me to play the first time <laughs> were the same girls that convinced me to keep playing after college and okay. to play for the local women's team that's a tucson local tucson um, women's rugby team gotcha old pueblo lightning 
Old Pueblo lightning. Yeah. What does that have to do with a Pueblo? Old Pueblo. I mean, Tucson is considered the Old Pueblo. Okay. But lightning? Lightning because of monsoon season. Well, okay. I guess so. It works. All right. I don't want to be called Saguaros. <laughs> <laughs> Although our all-star our well, all-star team are the Southwest Saguaros. Oh, uh, okay. How come no one picks the peccary? What? The peccary? What is that? A javelina? That's what a javelina. The a javelinas? peccary? I've never heard of That's that. That's what they're called. They're called peccaries. It's a I javelina. call them javelinas. They're well, a javelina. Yeah, they're, they're the same. That's interchangeable. It's, I think it's a, a colored peccary. Interesting. That's just the, the um, proper term for quote wow. unquote. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're actually called peccaries. Um, push up the glasses. The javelinas. Okay. Is there a hav- they should be the javelinas because they're scrappy, uh-huh. right? That seems to make more sense to me for a rugby team. Are we going like, to talk about mascots because there's, I can think of better mascots than a javelina. Okay. Okay. Well, like, let's talk, let's talk Tucson, <laughs> Tucson Women's League. What is the best mascot in your, in your opinion for the Tucson Women's League? Lightning. Not, the, oh. <laughs> okay. So you play for the Tucson Lightning. Yeah. <laughs> you were still in school or were you? No, or? this was after my undergrad. Undergrad, mm-hmm. okay. I took a year off before going back for my master's. And did your year playing for the Lightning, uh-huh. um, was that kind of a reason why you went back to school? Were you enjoying it in year three or were you still kind of like on the fence about it? Year three was when the game changed for me. Okay. It was when the coach moved me to the back line. So before I started playing with Lightning, uh-huh. I was a forward. Okay. Numbers one through eight on the field, they are called the forwards. Their role on the field is to get the ball and try to smash through as many girls as they can. That sounds a little violent. I mean, hence why I was in pain every right, weekend. Right, I can understand the bruising. And why I hated it. <laughs> Do you find less bruising as a as a, as a, as back? a back? I feel fresh. Like, my hair is still done. My makeup <laughs> is still intact. No smears. Yeah, I no, loved, I loved being a back. It yeah. felt like I did nothing. <laughs> it felt great. But that's, like, really the roles, the differences. So, third year... Take a year. That's your year of school off. Yep, and it's my first time g- becoming a back. Right. And the game changed for me mm-hmm. because I was no longer getting smashed. Right. I was now running with the ball. What made you want to get your professional degree, or had that always been in your? You said you want. Um, yeah. You went to school for your bachelor's in education leadership. Leadership mm-hmm. is that like admin stuff right yeah it, education leadership like administration principalship right. Principal. superintendent okay. okay gotcha a lot of political things go into it but i knew yeah. that i I was always passionate with education but you wanted to do something at the more than just it within the classroom i wanted to make an impact and gotcha. i knew that like law was right was okay so that was come. law is where you went for professional in yeah my master's was in education policy it was Okay. Focused on Arizona's education law. You were doing that during your fourth year and fifth year or just fourth year? So after my third season, right, the coach said, hey, you should try, try out for the all-star team. And this was still me on the fence of like, do I still like rugby or not? You're and saying I like, also, I like the back life, but it's still... I mean, it, it made the game a lot more fun for me. And so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give the all-star team a, a try. And so I went to the tryouts, and when I made the roster, 
that's when I started playing with girls outside of the state. It was the all-star team for the Southern California Union. Okay. So it was girls from California, Arizona, and Nevada, and New Mexico. And only 23 players made the roster. Oh, wow. So super competitive. That's a typical uh, rugby union size for a team, right? You you have it's your a 23, 15, 23 you, roster, yeah. Yeah, you have fifteen uh, starters, starters, and then you have like eight replacements or something. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it's a roster of twenty three, and your one through fifteen are your starters. Gotcha, gotcha. So when I made that team, that's when I was like, huh, maybe maybe I should reconsider this because now, like, that was the first time I started thinking there's more opportunities playing for rugby at a higher level. Right. And that was also the first time I started getting noticed and being recruited to go play higher level and be invited to that Little Rock, Arkansas. Was that fifth year or was that? I got invited on my third season. Third season in the semi-pro league for the Tucson Lightning? For Tucson Lightning. Yeah. And then you went to the All-Star? And then I went to All-Star. And then from there, I was recruited. At my fourth season, I, I went. But then... 2020 was when the pandemic happened and you had your degree and you were working I was I was um, teaching at the University of Arizona okay it was a tier two general education course where students were learning about k-12 through public education okay I honestly don't think I would have taken that chance of playing rugby if it weren't for the pandemic where our my job had to go remote yeah Otherwise, I would have stayed in Tucson teaching in person at the OA. Was there a discussion that you would possibly teach remotely if you did stay? Or was it just like, I, I can't teach remotely because I need this one-on-one time? I mean, what is what went into that decision? Were you not going to teach period and a sentence because of COVID? Was it just canceled entirely, your uh, class? Or? No. When the pandemic happened and the shutdown happened right the university required us to go online okay and there were it was pretty complicated to put because it was our spring break classes final classes happened and then spring break happened and during spring break was when the shutdown happened right so during that week it was pretty crazy from the president of the university and just the state of like what's going to happen. Right. And they expected us to have a whole course that was designed to be in person and solely in person to now go online. Right. Which is a ridiculous expectation. In a week's span, my team made a course from in person to online and we tried to accommodate as much as we could. But that was when I started to really think okay, now, now is my chance. Like if I, if I can teach this remote, I can be anywhere right? and still teach, mm-hmm. but still kind of pursue my dreams. Right. And so I took the opportunity of teaching remotely and living in another state okay. <laughs> to play. So that's when you got recruited to, mm-hmm. what was the program? It's American Rugby Pro Training Center. It's uh, the Olympic Development Training Center for women's rugby. And, and it's rugby sevens then, yes, right? As opposed sevens. to rugby 15s or yeah. rugby union. You are training full time. You are training six hours a day of rugby skills. Uh-huh. So whether you play 15s or sevens, you're going to be a very conditioned player. Right. You weren't teaching at the same time you were doing the skills, or were you doing both? So usually ARPTC runs their season in the summer. There weren't any classes to teach. Right. But then the world was still shut down for fall. And so ARPTC decided to do a fall residency 
Okay. And it was their first time ever opening up their facilities for the fall season. Although there weren't any competition going on around, they hosted a team full of sevens players and they scheduled training around our work schedules. Oh, wow. How many uh, women were invited to, to this? 18. When you're playing with the 18, there are no scrimmages or how do you, uh, do you simulate a scrimmage? Or Yeah, so seven, you only need seven on seven to right. get a full game. We would all play against each other. I mean, there would be Saturday tournament style. Mm-hmm. And we also had to create our own bubble. Uh-huh. I mean, each state had their own regulations, but essentially right. we couldn't, we were the only program in the United States, not even Team USA was, was playing. We were kind of like the guinea pig for world rugby because whatever we did, it was protocols that the rest of the world started to take. Okay. As far as COVID, you mean? As far as team return to play protocols. Gotcha. The whole time, none of us got COVID. Mm-hmm. We were going through all of the protocols and the rest right. of the world wanted to know like what we were doing to, for it to be. Oh, okay. To so you were safely. Like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were consulted. So how was your experience meeting new people? It was amazing. I mean, when you start playing a sport outside of your environment, outside of your local team, outside of your state, it's a whole new world. Right. You're playing with elite athletes. This program was a program that bred world-class athletes. Uh Uh-huh. It's a feeder program for Team USA. It's a feeder program for recruitment across, across the pond. So... I definitely felt grateful and honored to be playing alongside many of the players. Elite players then. Yeah. That's when things start falling into place as far as you playing in a continuing play, right? Yeah. I mean, when I started playing for ARPTC, I started to reconsider my my goals with rugby uh-huh. and my love for the game and me as a player grew a lot. That's when I was able to connect with coaches all over the country and coaches all over the world. And that's when I started to consider, okay, what are my next goals for rugby? Right. Then what happened after that? Connecting with the coaches, WPL was, was put in my my ear and that was the next thing for something for me to consider. And um, the WPL is the Women's Premier League. Okay. It is the top league in the U.S. for okay. women's rugby. Excellent. There's 10 teams in the league. When are they going to start playing, or have they started? Or this season is the first season since the the closure, uh-huh. uh, the since the pandemic, right? And so this is really the first time that I get to play real competition rugby since the pandemic started. Nice. Have um, you been maintaining your training and stuff like that, uh, even though? Yeah, since my since my time at ARPTC, I've been grateful grateful enough to be invited to to play at tournaments, and so they will fly me out and oh wow. I, I, Play or whatever they need me and nice yeah it's it's been fun so yeah. my, my most recent one and i think this is my most recent team that i it's a new team that they want to start and i'm so happy to be a part of their development uh-huh. they're called the hartford harpooners they're based out of uh, connecticut hartford connecticut okay is that the wpl no it's a developing sevens like a premier sevens team okay is that a separate thing than the WPL? It's then? a separate thing from the WPL, but just just mentioning that from the connections from ARPTC and like where it's gotten me to. Yeah. Um, the WPL, I've talked to many coaches that, that are in the league mm-hmm. and the team that I ultimately decided that I would like to play for is the Colorado Grey Wolves based in Denver, Colorado. Right. And, and that's, that's where you're moving when? 
I'm moving next weekend. So I got you right before you left. Yeah, you did. Look at that. You did. My wow. last My last day at the at the coffee shop is Wednesday. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Exciting. It is. Exciting. New phase of your life, as my dad used to say. It's really the... the the start of a new beginning. That's awesome. Um, Are you really you're excited. excited? I'm so excited because it's the first time since the pandemic where like I've been working my butt off these past two years. Right. And I'm a completely different player from when I first started. And now that like I get to show the world who I am and what I bring. So the WPL, the Women's Premier League, and you said, uh, I think you mentioned this to me earlier, there's a Men's Premier League, right? Yeah, so the major league rugby is the men's side of the the program. Okay, and it's also rugby union or uh-huh. or fifteens. Fifteens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the difference between WPL and MLR, MLR players are all on salary contracts, and WPL players are have the same expectations with training and travel and everything, except it's all player ran. We pay for our own expenses. Okay. Is there a possibility that's going to change? In the U.S., I mean, not even Team USA Women's National Team get paid. Okay. They mm. they get stipends for basic food. Yeah. But the girls still have full-time jobs. Okay. And we're talking about national team representation, you know? Gotcha. So that's that's n- no different from other women and in sports <laughs> right right so does that mean you're going to be uh i'm going to have to visit a uh, coffee shop in uh, denver yeah Is that what's... <laughs> i will be transferring to another uh. coffee shop in denver uh-huh that's nice. that's kind of the reason why I, ch- I chose to work with them yeah no that's 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 really cool and uh, i used to work for the same coffee shop we're just going to keep <laughs> it vague here which is on brand for the two vague podcast i've heard some really cool stories about people that i met when I worked at the coffee shop, one person in particular, she won like a miss. A pageant. Like one of the, yeah, she's won like a state level pageant. Yeah, and, yeah. and she, you know, she didn't win the Miss USA and yeah. then decided she wanted to uh, travel the world. So she basically worked a month at a time as a borrowed. Well, I'm just going to give it away. A borrowed partner, mm-hmm. <laughs> and did that. Just went from place to place. The coffee shop does a good job of accommodating those types of. And things one of the best too. things is they do a um, elite athlete program where they give sponsorships. They do. Yeah. Oh wow! And that's one of the main reasons why. I chose okay. Them. All right. Mm-hmm. So we got to crank up the siren. Yeah, so I'm waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah, see, you got that reference. (laughs) Yes, I did. That's a good one. Yep. Um, So their applications open up here shortly, and um, selections will be in the That's really cool. I only knew about how they they did a lot of college stuff. I didn't know they had sponsorship stuff like that. Yeah. That's great. As as long as you are nationally or internationally ranked, Uh um, you can apply. Wow. Very cool. If you're selected, you just got to wear the gear. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. So fingers crossed for that. When you get your name on a hat, yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. or on a shirt or a poster, shirt and poster. Yeah, that's what we're aiming for. Who's the big maker of equipment? Is there isn't there like a a, a major maker of equipment uh, for rugby? I mean, there's Gilbert. There's Gilbert, Reiner, that's the one I was thinking. Rhino. There's uh, Paladine. Doesn't Adidas do some, or am yeah, I thinking something Adidas. else? Yeah, Nike. 
Yeah. They're not as popular. They're not like rugby gear stuff. No. No, they're not specifics. You know what I wanted to ask you? Yeah. Cleats. Soccer cleats. Okay, so soccer cleats are used for rugby. Mm -hmm. There are rugby cleats, but like a real player, a real rugby player will burn through cleats. Oh, okay. Pretty quickly. Right. (laughs) Is that just because it's more taxing? Like as far as yeah. Also, the depending on the conditions of the field, will tear up the cleats. It doesn't matter whether it's rugby sevens or rugby fifteens. It's Um, it's still. I think sevens your cleats will last a little longer. Oh okay okay. But really, depending on how long your trick, how often you're training, because Arkansas, I went through one pair for within two months. I mean, it's it's really taxing on the the cleats. It really depends. Okay, cleats. So Olympics, do you have Olympic hopes or is that something that if you're in the women's professional league, there isn't like professional or amateur, it doesn't matter for rugby sevens in the Olympics. In order to get on the USA national team, Uh you get invited to go to the training center and from there you get invited for residency. Right. So you get signed on for a contract. Okay. So you were, you were invited to the center, right? Um, I have not been invited to the USA Center. Okay. But I wouldn't necessarily be interested in USA Sevens. Okay. I would be more interested in Team Argentina Sevens. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have been, uh, I have talked to the coaches for Team Argentina. Okay. And that is something that I, I could see myself going, but right now my focus is 15s. Gotcha. Is that just because that's where your heritage is, is, is yeah. Argentina? Yeah, so I have dual citizenship with them. Oh, okay. Were and you born in Argentina? And No, so my parents and siblings were born. I, I was the only one born here in the U.S. Okay. Uh, funny, my parents are actually over there right now. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, so dual citizenship must work a little different for Argentina then? Okay. Okay. You can have dual citizenship uh, if you are blood. Okay. To someone directly related to someone who was born in Argentina. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, I watched Team Argentina play in one of the first rugby tournaments that I attended to. Yeah. And I said, wow, they suck. I can be that team. <laughs> <laughs> that's not usually the way it works. It's like, wow, that's a great team. I want to be on a part of that. <laughs> it was more like I can make it better. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Do you think anything with your, like, for education, and you said leadership, is that something that you want to be a mentor or be a leader as a part of the team? In a rugby team, is there a captain? Yeah. Okay. And that's different than the coach, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a position that the captain normally plays? No, a captain a captain is just going to be a, a leader just on the, the leader field of the team. And, it, and it really doesn't matter what position they play. Gotcha. Okay. Um you have you have aspirations to be the the captain of the of the Argentina national team? Honestly, the the title captain really doesn't when when you start playing higher level, uh-huh. every single player on that field should be a leader. Okay. And okay. we shouldn't necessarily be depending on one person. Right to to take that initiative and so a, a good team we're all leaders and we all listen to each other and we all have respect right. at the end of the day a, a captain is just the one person dedicated to talk to the the referee right. during a match right. and and that's how i look at it um okay because so, also like growing up that was al- always something that was really competitive and like if you didn't have that title are you worth anything right and 
um, especially with women's sports and, and how catty girls are, like teenage girls. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm the captain of the cheerleading squad. Right, uh-huh. right. Okay. What are you leading, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, huh. So. Um, you just think it's a, it's a mental state. It's like, I lead through example. I lead through yep. my good play, yep. and I lead through my behavior on the field. Yeah, that's definitely something I will always pride on. I lead yeah. by example. So yeah. so I'm going to work, be working just as much as the person next to me. Right. Because at the end of the day, we all win together. Right. And what if they're not pulling their weight as a as as one of the leaders? If they're not pulling their weight, they're not on the field. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's how I that's how I view it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, higher level is just it's just a title, but also a title doesn't make you a leader either. No, 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 exactly. It's a, a yeah. it's a little Venn diagram. You know what a Venn diagram is, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> Let me just briefly breeze over some of these Olympic stats. Rugby Union has been in the Olympics four times, 1900 in Paris, 1908 in London, 1920 in Antwerp, Belgium, and again in Paris in 1924. But then what happened uh, shortly after the 1924 Games, the International Olympic Committee dropped rugby union as a sport, and there have been numerous attempts to bring the sport back since. But what happened recently, which brought it back, to, which was your origin story, right? The 2016 Olympics. That was the first time that they was, brought, that they brought was, rugby back, was, but it was sevens rugby. Rugby yeah. sevens, yeah. The decision was made 2009, and it uh, occurred in 2016. Origin story. <laughs> awesome. So why do they call the rules? They don't call them rules. They call them the laws. The laws of the game. Yeah. Why do they call them laws? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Is there a difference between that and rules? They just call them laws because they just think it's a silly question, but it's kind of like. No, no question is a silly question. Hmm. That's what teachers say all the time. Right. I've <laughs> <laughs> got your teacher instinct. And then uh, internally you're going, well, that's a stupid question. Uh, no, no, no. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, well, no, I th- think, well, also like on in, in rugby. Right. You call the referee, sir. You don't call it, call it ref or anything. You say, sir. Okay. Even if it's a woman, sir. Right. And honestly, rugby is a game, is a, is a hooligan game played by gentlemen and everything about it from start to finish is has always been about respect and i feel like the laws of a game is such a formal thing right and that kind of translates right yeah yeah so from start to finish rugby is just so proper and formal but like yeah the game itself is just crazy and maybe that's (laughs) maybe it has to be that way because uh if it wasn't it would kind of the hooliganry would would kind of overtake what it actually is about right yeah i mean the original uniforms for rugby is like collared polos oh yeah i got a rugby shirt yeah and so like it's a it's such a formal thing right and it's very identifiable yeah too you know exactly what it is yeah rugby positions so rugby positions i've got i know that there are you got your forwards right there are Eight forwards? Yes. One okay. through eight are forwards. Okay. One through eight, they are mm-hmm. numbered. You've got your front row. You've got your what? Your second row and your uh-huh. third or uh-huh. your back row. Mm-hmm. Okay. And those people are the forwards. Where are they in relation to the goal? Are they heading towards the goal? 
Or are they defending the goal? Uh, there is no. So the the like end I, I say zone? goal by like the end zone. Yeah. Okay, that's the try zone. Okay, the tries. I think because when you score, they're called tries. They're called tries. Yeah. Yeah. When you are positioned at a restart of a play. Okay. Like either the ref blows the whistle or a ball is out of bounds or something. Your forwards will set up to contest the ball. Okay. And then your back line will set up to either play defense or to set up an attacking play. Okay. So if the ball is is knocked on, we're like, because in rugby the ball has to be passed backwards. Right. So if right. it's if it's passed forward or you catch the ball and it bounces forward, that's called a knock on. A knock on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you knocked the ball forward. You knocked okay. it on. Okay. So even if it just drops out of your hand and uh-huh. it rolls forward, mm-hmm. so does that initiate a scrum? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. when a, when a scrum is is played. Okay. And and, and a, scr- a scrum is where eight people are bound together right eight against eight right so if we're talking about men's rugby that's eight times 200 average <laughs> right, right. 250. oh we're talking pounds yeah, yeah 200 yeah. 250 pounds right times eight against another eight 250 pound people. okay so who's in the scrum <laughs> are they, are your they're, forward they're, pack okay the forward pack uh-huh, one through eight not the backs not the backs okay a scrum is like a, a human version of jenga is that what it is? Sort of? I would say. <laughs> Are you familiar with the game Jenga? I am familiar with the game Jenga. Okay. In comparison, I think a scrum is like a woven basket. That makes sense because you're interwoven. I had a question about the scrum. And the yeah. scrum is what starts the game or if you have a knock on. Is it called a knock on or is it a called knock a knock? On. Okay. If you have a knock on, that can initiate a scrum. Um, no, the start of a game is a kickoff. Start of the game is a kickoff. Uh-huh. When do the scrums occur then? When a ball is knocked on. That's okay, really that's the, the only, only time. time. Gotcha. Or a penalty. Okay. I was thinking it's like jump ball and it's not like that. Okay, so you got the kickoff to start and then that's the the first half, the one side kicks off and the second half, the other side kicks off? Mm-hmm. Okay, the mm-hmm. backs kick to the... To the other backs, right? <laughs> On the other team? Yeah. Okay. All right. And kicking is a very important skill. Yeah, not everyone has to know how to kick. Okay. But your backs, generally, you want them to be pretty good with kicking? Your fly half. You want your fly half and your centers to know okay. how to kick. You and know what? Let's 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 hold off on that until okay. we get to the, those positions because I'm, yeah. I'm still confused about what a loose head prop and a tight head prop are. Here is what I've got listed as your front row players loose head prop tight head prop hooker what are those okay so your loose head your hooker and your tight head are your front row players they are the front of your scrum each team goes towards each other uh-huh. and that's the it's the front three against the front three yep and that's what the um, front row is yes, okay. but the hooker they are hooking the ball when that ball is thrown in between both teams. Okay, they're hooking with their their leg, their cleat. They're trying to hook the ball, pull the ball out, or um, is that so? When you have a scrum, uh huh, there's going to be eight people against eight people, right? And You've... everyone is on their like all fours, kind of. 
Okay. But it's really all twos because we're all bound together and only our feet are holding everyone up. All of our hands are like bound on each other. Right. So there's space between all of us. Okay. So when you're contesting that ball, the hookers are the middle of the the three front row people. Okay. They have their feet going at each other and that ball is being thrown in between the teams. Okay. So with their cleat, they're trying to hook that ball back so that you can get the ball to your side. Okay. So the hooker is the one in the center then? Uh-huh. Okay. In the, in the center, center of the front three. Okay. The center of the two props. props. Mm-hmm. Okay. The props are probably the biggest people on the field. Right. They provide support to the jumpers. I don't even know what a jumper is. That's for lineouts. <laughs> okay. We'll get to that, I guess. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So then you had your first row. You had your second row. Your second which row Which are your locks. locks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually the tallest players is what they say. Yeah. So the locks are usually the longest um, body shape and they're your tallest players. They're, they might be your jumpers. Okay. And they are in a scrum. Their face is on the ass of the props. <laughs> okay. And that's where you see scrum caps. Okay. That's where you see some people, they have like this weird thing on their head. Okay. And it's to protect their face in a scrum. Okay. It's or to protect their head in, in rugby in general. Okay. Because they can get their face in the... Honestly, it's face burns. Because there's friction going on. There's there. friction of the yeah. shorts. Uh-huh. And your head is in between the hips of. So, like, if you have. This is the front row, right? Right. And this you is got the your front two, row. Yeah, you got your two that are kind of in the spaces, right? In the spaces between the, the props. Right. You got your head on their butts. Right. The prop is literally sitting on the lock shoulders. Okay. So when a when a lock is fully extended in a scrum, they're like a plank. Okay. And that's how their position. I mean, they are fully extended, and you kind of want longer people to protect the ball longer, I guess. Okay. Okay. So the locks, and then you've got your back, your back row. Mm-hmm. You got your flankers and your eight man. Two flankers. Backside and open side. Uh huh. Six and, and seven. Your number eight. Mm-hmm. Number eight is its own thing. Right. Flanker, why, is, why is the number eight its uh, its own thing? Because is that um, just ran out of cool names. Flankers are are probably the craziest people on the field. Okay. They are most mobile. They are the firecrackers. They are like a hybrid of a forward and a back. They are everywhere all the time. Their stamina is amazing. They are crazy people. They are very agile, very mobile. They're trying to get turnovers? They're trying to get turnovers. What's the number eight? Number eight is the the sturdy, the last, like the cherry on top on the on the scrum. Okay. And it really, when it comes to scrums, it's all about physics and the amount of force that you are trying, like the angles and, and so many people against so many others. Mm-hmm. The eight man is kind of like directing the tightness of the scrum and they are the very last person the ball will go through to win the ball. Control the ball after it's been healed. Uh-huh. After back. the hooker hooks that ball back to your, your side, to your own team, that eight man can either let the ball go, let the scrum, scrum half get it, which is the next number, number nine. Okay. Or the eight can pick it up and run with it. Gotcha. Are they the only one that can pick it up and run with it? No. No. Anyone can pick it up and run with it? Uh, 
Um, if you are bound to the scrum, yeah, you don't want. You can't release the bound. Okay. Okay. So you have to stay stay bound. But the eight is different. The eight can. I'm trying to envision what this is. Yes. So flankers. I mean, like, if that ball were to be hooked really crazy, and it comes out like through the side of the scrum, a flanker can unbind and grab the ball. Okay. But it's only if it's free. Uh huh. Okay. But if you are still bound and you touch that ball, then it, you can't. That's it, a a penalty or something. Yeah, it is a penalty. Okay. Um. So an eight man. They're not really bound to anybody. They're just, they're bound to the locks because they're right be- behind the locks. Right. If they were to release the locks, they're not bound to the scrum. Okay. And they can pick up the ball. And then they would cause a lot of water to be flooded onto the field because they're, anyway, that's a dumb joke. Uh, locks. You know, like, <gasps> locks. <laughs> I'm slowly, okay, I'm kind of figuring out what the scrum is. Yeah. Okay. You've got... Eight on eight, basically. Your forwards all are, bound. are in the scrum. Mm-hmm. Okay, all your forwards are in the scrum. Mm-hmm. And that can happen anywhere on the field? Anywhere on the field, wherever the knock-on is. Wherever the knock-on occurs. So then does that mean, like, if it's closer to your end zone, where you, your backs are, that means all of your backs are more consolidated in the same space? Yeah, you don't have any space, so, you're like, you're pretty screwed if you're you're doing a scrum by your own by tri- your, tri- By line. your end zone? Or by your try zone. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So you got to be careful and really protect that ball. Gotcha. So what are the backs? So the backs, you got your number nine scrum half. You got your number 10 fly half. Fly half. Your inside center 12. Well, I skipped 11. Okay. What, 11 what is, is a wing. You know what? What is, what is the, what are the, the half backs? They're, they're half backs, right? The fly half and the scrum half. Yeah. And where are they in relation so they are always in between your forwards and your your back line. Okay. They are, yeah, they're your halfbacks because they are in in between. Right. And they are the ones that set the pace for the game. They control the game. They put where they want the ball to go. Gotcha. Your scrum, sc- scrummy, your scrum half player. Okay. Is your number nine. Um, they are going to get the ball out of the ruck. When that person is in the breakdown. Uh-huh. And you got a player that's hovering their whole body over this ball. Right. You got your scrum half getting in there to grab that ball. Okay. And that scrum half is is usually the main person dedicated to do that in in all of the breakdowns. Okay. Sometimes your scrum half is going to get caught up on a tackle or like defense is going to be pressuring and they're going to be down and you need someone else to come in to get that ball out. Okay. But otherwise that scrum half, their their role is to get that ball out of the the breakdowns, the, the rucks. Gotcha. Okay. Your 10 is the one receiving the ball. Your fly half. Oh, fly half is your 10. Your gotcha. fly half is Because you have 10. the 8, the 9, the 10. Okay. Three quarters, <laughs> which I'm guessing is three quarters of the field or something. No. I don't know why they say three quarters. It has nothing to do with it. Okay. But your number 10 is really like the quarterback of the of the. Oh, game. okay. They, are, they get the ball, and they are going to decide what they want to do with the ball. They can give it to a forward player or they can give it to a back line and they can kick the ball. They can, they're very vocal. They direct the plays and okay. where they want the ball to go. So what is feeding the scrum? Feeding the scrum is when the scrum half is going to roll the ball in so that both teams can contest. Okay. So that's what the, that's what the scrum, scrum half, half does, does. too. Uh-huh. Okay. So what are the centers and what are the wings? I see, you, you said you were, you were fly half or center. Fly half or center. Okay. I was either a 10 or a 12. Gotcha. 
Um, so the two centers are 11 and 12, and the wings are... No, your two centers are 12 and 13. Your wings are 11 and 14. Gotcha. That makes sense, numerically, because mm-hmm. wings. <laughs> um, and what do the wings and centers do? Your wings are typically your fast ones. Okay. They don't necessarily uh, pass the ball because they are the last person to receive the ball. Um, so they just got to be really fast. And are those the ones that score? The tries? We want our wings to score, yeah. Okay. Um, if you are a beginning beginner team, the wings probably never touch the ball in the game. Huh. Because the, the it skills... it never gets to them? Yeah, the skills aren't developed enough to get the ball passed and the ball be held possession long enough to get that ball to the wings. So that's an indicator that you're playing against a team that's not quite up to snuff. It's, yeah. Does that happen at the high school level? Yeah. That you see? Okay. Yeah. yeah. High school, maybe collegiate. Gotcha. <laughs> Depending on what kind of collegiate team. <laughs> okay. So what are the, the centers do as opposed to the wings? Your centers are the ones that play out the play. Okay. So your centers are the ones running the lines where they, they're running the plays from our little playbook. Gotcha. They're the ones that are going to get the ball and... They try and tackle? Or is everyone trying and tackle? Everyone's trying to tackle. Everyone plays offense. Everyone plays defense. But when you're attacking, if a center gets a ball, they are the ones that are going to try to juke people out to score. Okay. And then finally, you've got your fullback. fullback. So your what does your fullback do? Fullback is mainly for a defensive position. They are the last line, like last Hail Mary of defense to save the person from scoring. So say we've got a wing who's running towards really, really the fast try. and they're about to score your and fullback yeah. has to be a good tackler and fast Okay, to save it. So that's what, that's their primary function. Their primary sort of. for function is on the defensive line. Um, they're your last hope. Okay. So they're sort of like a goalie. <laughs> they just got to stop, sort of. stop the person. Sort of, but it's really on a rotational of the wing and fullback. Your two wings uh-huh. and your fullback are like in a triangle position. Okay. Um, they rotate around. Are there any rules involved in keeping your backs behind your all your forwards? Yeah, your back line has to be behind the ball. Okay, at all times. At all times. I mean, any player, if like you have the ball, you have to be behind the ball in order to receive the ball. Right. So if the scrum is happening in front of you, you got to line up behind it. The first thing that happens is a kickoff. First thing that happens is a kickoff. Uh-huh. Kickoff happens. And then what? Ball is caught. Ball is caught by a back? Anybody. 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 So then what happens after that? They run forward yep. towards the other the They're going to try to score. Time, uh, try zone. They're going to try to score. Okay. How many different ways are there of scoring in rugby? One. You pass the try line and you touch it down. Can't do a kicking or anything? Oh, you can do conversions. Yeah. Okay. So a try is when you run it into the... Try zone the, and touch it down. Gotcha. And that's worth five points? Uh-huh. You can do a... And a then there's field. a conversion kick? Uh-huh. That's two points. Okay. Is that kind of like a field goal kick in football? A conversion kick in football. Okay. There's also penalty kicks and drop goal. I don't know, I don't know what those are. Or a drop goal on an, each score three points. So what is yeah. a penalty? A penalty kick is when there is some sort of a infraction involving physical stuff or is it also like you know being like kind of offsides with with the whole yeah okay both both so anything 
that is done that breaks one of the laws uh-huh. is a penalty penalty worthy mm-hmm. and if you kick it into the uprights the uprights are they just two poles do you mm-hmm. have to go above a, a pole like like in a field goal for american football or no yeah it's it looks just like an american football so, except they're the poles posts well, go down okay it has to just go between the posts yeah and a drop goal um yeah what's a drop goal you can kick it from anywhere from the on the field in open play, and it's three points. But it's really oh. it's really um, not as common. Is that because you're there are too many people who can or there's th- not enough enough time when you have fifteen people attacking you. I got it. And okay. so it's it's a risky thing. Not um, enough time or space. Yeah. Is it a desperation move? Honestly, it could be a tactical thing if you have possession of the ball and you're within the fifty meter mark. Okay. Trying to score. If the penalty is giving you advantage, you can take a kick, okay. a penalty kick. Gotcha. You can kick f- to score. Okay. Um, you're just you're just scratching the surface on all the different rules, aren't you? If it took you three years to figure out the rules, I'm not going to figure it out in one night. I mean, I didn't know the rules until this year of like the laws. The, the laws. Book. I took right. the laws of the game exam. It's a world rugby certification. Oh, okay. Did and you I have to that take that before you went into? I did it for me to to professionally grow as a gotcha, player. gotcha. So you are. I mean, this is a good exam review. <laughs> review. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here is another thing that I've heard. Yeah. Uh, what tackles? Tackles are below the waist. Tackles have to be chest line and below. Chest line and below. And tackles are like basically foot football sort of tackles, except without helmets. Full on body. Full on body. You got to wrap. You have to wrap. Otherwise, it's a penalty if you don't wrap. Like you can't body check people. So you have to grapple, basically. Uh-huh. You've got to hold on to it. Yeah. Them. So it is a little different from football. Like I said, the technique is you've got to be technical with rugby. You can't be reckless. Keeping safety in mind. I mean, you can't clothesline people and you can't uh, shoulder check. Right, and that's part of what the grapple does is it ensures that that you there is some sort of contact that is maintained as opposed to just pushing them and yeah running away yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, what is a breakdown? Oh, a ruck. No, oh, is it is that what a ruck is? A rucking and mauling. What is rucking and mauling? You know what? Let's just go with what is rucking and mauling because yeah, no so idea. a ruck is a breakdown. Um, a ruck is when. So kickoff happens. Right. Someone catches the ball. The okay. opposing team catches the ball. They're going to try to run. Okay. When they get tackled, because they're trying to run through 15 people, right. they're not going to get through many. Right. They get tackled. They must release the ball. And this is for anybody. Once your knees hit the ground, you have to release the ball. Okay. And in order to release the ball and you want to protect the ball, you are going to go down and release the ball towards your own team because you want give, give to give the ball to your team. Towards your own team, as in not forward. Backwards. You want to give it backwards. Right. Because if it rolls hold. forwards, then it's a knockout. Exactly. Okay. Give the ball back to your team. Uh huh. And you got a teammate running right behind you to put their body over yours. And okay. that's prote- still protecting the ball. That is a ruck. What's a maul? A maul is when a player is running with the ball and they get met with a defender. Okay. And the defender can't tackle them like they they are like a standstill okay if there is no movement like they're both going at each other but like standing straight up and two 
more than two people are bound, that is a mall. Oh, there okay. There is so no movement forward or backwards. Okay. Does one of them have the ball at that point? They are contesting for it. Okay, they're contesting. But standing up. Okay. That's when you can start having multiple players come in to try to move that because if there is no movement, the ball would be considered as a turnover. Okay, and then that turnover initiates a scrum. A, a scrum. Okay. Okay. So now I think I have got a basic idea of what I think rugby you do too. Is. You ready to play rugby? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, do you watch professional professional uh, women's or do you watch men's or do you watch both? I watch both. I have friends on on both. Okay, and you learn things when so. As a player versus as a spectator, are you looking for um, strategies? Are you looking for things, or is it is it when you watch it, you're you're not thinking like a player, you're thinking like a, a spectator or a fan? It's definitely changed my my view on it because oh, right. because before, like I I was just watching just to learn the game and right. like watch things, but now now that I personally know the players. I'm kind of watching to kind of discuss it when they're like, how did I do? Or right, like, right. Or so I can, can congratulate. I'm like, okay, you did, you did well on this. Right. I mean, my, my IQ of the game has grown tremendously and, and now I view games in a different perspective. Okay. Yeah. Which also helps me grow as a player. Right. Right. And. But it, there's a part of you that's still a fan, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Like now it's it's kind of transitioning into the same passion that I had for soccer where like I just love watching and I'll watch it at for any level. Like I if there's a high school rugby game, I'm going to go watch it. Uh -huh. This weekend there's going to be women's um rugby game happening and I'm going to go watch it. I probably don't know any of the players by now. Right. But, but it's just the support of the community in general. That's really cool though. That's yeah. really cool to be a part of that. Yeah, like last weekend was the men's game and and that was the first time I was able to take a, a new rugby fan. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's I just love the game regardless. Yeah, great. That's who's, awesome. Who's playing? We covered this. You don't play video games. I don't. No. I don't. No. But what I did was I kind of showed you uh, a couple of rugby, arcade, and video yeah, games. Yeah, it's amazing. And I wanted to get some of your feedback on those. I showed you one, which is an arcade game that was from back in 1984 from Data East called Scrum Try. What did you think of that game? I loved that game. I think that game would be perfect to show my future kids a rugby game. Really? Yeah. Okay, so what did you like about it? Was it just the, the, the tunes? The, the <laughs> tunes? It was like such a classic video game tune. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the simplicity of it. The, the scrum. I saw the scrum towards funny. the end, but yeah. I don't know how it ended. I hope they won. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a cute sort of like representation of what. Yeah, it was cute, but know. it was like pretty pretty basic. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's rugby. Okay, so the next one that we looked at was I showed you Electronic Arts for a while. They tried to do a thing where in the PlayStation 2 days, they started trying to diversify their catalog as far as sports. And one of the sports they had was rugby. They made a rugby game. They even made a cricket game too uh, at one point. But they discontinued both those in 2008. So they stopped making the rugby and the cricket games. 
but I did show you some footage of Rugby 2008. Yeah. And it's still regarded, it's kind of a cult classic, if you want to put it like in a movie <laughs> terms. A lot of people still regard it as the best rugby game it, out there. Um, what did you, just based on what I saw. looking at it, what you saw, what did you think? I was very impressed. Real people and trying to simulate a rugby game and making something that's pretty complex in real life yeah be that, pretty like functional and, yeah and understanding in a, in a virtual thing and that was 2008 which is like you amazing know, i was ago. honestly very impressed yeah, i thought I can, it was pretty cool i can see where people still want to play it i mean um, i, I want to play it <laughs> I, I well <laughs> well let's move on to the the latest and greatest the rugby 22 which just was released yesterday actually so awesome as of this recording date Rugby 22, this company has made a couple of different rugby games over the last six years. Their yeah. first couple, they were sort of struggling. But this one, I tried to check out uh, some of the reviews on this before the show. And it seems like it's still kind of mixed. People are still expecting something that is uh, more like uh, Electronic Arts' representation of rugby. But... It looks amazing from what we saw. French developer and studio developer Echo Software and published by another French developer. So it's kind of interesting for a sport that was developed in England. Yeah. <laughs> that a French studio is kind of heading the, the development of rugby games. From what you saw, what were your thoughts as far as the, the, the graphics were beautiful, right? It was beautiful. I mean, it looked really similar to the 2008 uh -huh. to me. Right. Um, but the music quality and everything, like right. everything was good. Right. I mean, it makes me really want to check it out, like by myself and play it. I really thought about like, wow, one thing is playing it like in in real life but another thing is playing it on a video game and i wonder like how much i can learn from a video game if i could do that that's an interesting thing i got into a discussion with someone about have you ever watched any of formula one racing yes. f1 racing yes have you watched the netflix series there's uh drive to survive yeah. i think yeah which is an amazing so series. cool i am not a fan of driving games in general yeah for me it's more of a novelty mm -hmm. uh, when i play a driving game red bull racing and if you've watched the show Max Verstappen, who drives for Red Bull, they had an interview with him about simulators and during COVID times, how he spent a lot more time on the simulators. The way F1 racers go is you start out in karting, right? Which takes a lot of money to begin with, but it's basically go-karting. You start there and then you kind of advance real world experience driving and you go from rank to rank until you're like F1. The question was, would there be a possibility for someone who only drove on a simulator ascend to an F1 driver? It was There are so many physical factors involved in r racing that it seems like it wouldn't simulate any of the adrenaline rush or any of the G-forces or any of those things. Mm -hmm. But it could be used as sort of a tool to kind of maintain muscle memory, I think. And I think a simulator for rugby, it would keep you sharp, but it wouldn't be a replacement for anything like no. watching watching things like that. It would yeah. be sort of a reminder of the, I guess a reminder of the rules or playing. Yeah, I would think it'd be one of those things where as a player you could get perspective. 
this question is kind of silly to ask because you want to play rugby 22, but what is it you would be expecting from a rugby game that you would play? What would you want from that game? Would you want players that are authentic to the play styles? Would you want just uh, play sort of like running or being able to manage or like what, what is, what is something that you would be looking forward to? What is like the, the main thing you want to see if you're playing a rugby game? I mean, it was pretty interesting to know that there was even a, a video game for rugby because honestly, you can only do so much in rugby. So I wonder like how that video game is played, uh-huh. how many things you can actually do because after a while, it's the same things over and over. Right. It's a run, well, it's like tackle, rock, yeah. play. Right. Run, tackle, rock, play. And that's just a repetitive cycle. Right. And every once in a while, there's a knock-on or a turnover or whatever. Right. So I wonder, yeah, I mean, I haven't played the game yet, so I'd be interested to see, like, what is there to do and what are the fancy things because you can only do so much. Am I making rugby too complicated? Yes. If you were to watch a game, you would understand everything that I said. I would be able to identify what a knock-on was. That's, uh-huh. that's what, okay. You're like, oh, it's a knock-on. That's you will know that a scrum is going to happen. Right. And if a, when a person scores, they have to touch the ball down. Because wherever they touch it down, that's going to be the angle where they're going to kick their conversion. Okay. That's why you try. You see a lot of people try to touch the ball down in between the posts. Right. Because that's, that's going to be easier. the easiest angle to kick. Right. Okay. So if it's going to be scored at the sidelines, uh-huh. that's the angle that they have to kick. Yeah, that's that's a bad angle. It's a bad angle, but at least they scored. Right. That's true. <laughs> okay. So last last thought on sports games, and then we're going to close out the show. All right. The reason I asked you about like what you wanted out of a game, which is kind of a silly question to ask someone who's never played a. Um, a sports game yeah. like that before. Yeah. But there are people out there who want authenticity. They want it to seem like it's a real game. Yeah. They want the AI to respond in a logical way, right? Mm-hmm. I showed you a trailer for a soccer game based on an anime called Captain Tsubasa. And it was, as you could see, very cartoonish looking representation of huh. uh, soccer. Yeah. With all sorts of crazy super moves and all sorts of things like that. So my question to you is, do you think that you could make a rugby version of that game in a cartoony way that would be enjoyable? <laughs> what do you think? What are your thoughts? Would you want to play something like that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. You don't think you can't think of any super moves involving a a badger or <laughs> anything weird like a I mean anime they they found a pretty unique way to make soccer interesting. Yeah. And they were well, pretty intense and, about it. Yeah, no no, exactly. And that's what that was my kind of where I'm going with this as far as doing a cartoony sort of representation. For rugby, I don't I could see it happening, but I don't know if it would be as interesting or have enough it's not like soccer where the where soccer is the most popular game around the world and rugby is a fraction yeah right i think it would make make an interesting niche kind of um anime series i think it would be cool having like little kids trying to learn rugby and doing all sorts of cool things like that but that would be the basis on which it was it was made 
It would have to be, I would say it would have to be an anime first. But it would be cool. I mean, I like, I mean, I like silly games like that. I like cartoony games. When you talk sports games with me, there's something to be said for authenticity of players and simulating players and things like that. But I would much rather watch a game than play a game as a as another player. You know what I mean? I would much rather see the sport and not control it and enjoy it for what it is. The gameplay, to me, if it's too realistic, can kind of be detrimental to me enjoying it. I like something that's kind of new and fresh and weird yeah. and out of the box, yeah. which is the reason why I would much rather play Captain Tsubasa yeah, so I'm I'm thinking rugby. You know, if I if I ever start my video game company, you're being hired as a consultant. <laughs> as awesome! As, I would love to yeah. to evaluate it. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think I'm going to just stay a humble podcaster. But if it does, I just think I it, there there would be a lot of really interesting things you could do with something like that, especially a sport. Do you have anything to say about? rugby to close out the show like what is your what is your fast if you were going to convince someone that they have to start watching rugby tomorrow how would you how would you pitch it and what would you say i think it is the most amazing exciting adrenaline rush game you could watch okay and i definitely recommend it to anybody that ever hears about the word rugby Uh to just look it up and give it a chance maybe uh We'll see you on the professional circuit or playing yeah. for the Argen- Ar- Argentinian national team or yeah. in the Olympics. Yeah. Well, check us out for our season starting in April and 2022. I can t- I can t- oh, you mean for the Wolves? For the WPL, for the MLR. I mean, the MLR season starts in a couple of weeks as well. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for thank joining us. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate your patience Absolutely. And thank you for explaining all of the terms, which I don't understand. Yeah. And um, so let's close out the show by saying goodbye. Thank you for joining us on the Two Big Podcast this week. My name is Ben. And I'm Judy. And we've been your hosts. Have a great day. Good night. Good night.